Welcome back to the show of Remote Watch. We are your hosts. It is myself, Kaylee, currently in London. We have Julia, currently in New York. How are we doing, Julia? We're doing good. Um, it is Spider-Verse week. Um, and I'm saying week because it has been blowing up all over my Twitter and all over my TikTok. Granted, I do follow a lot of nerds, but it's a whole week for me. It's a celebration. What about you? I'm so hyped. You don't even understand. Like, yes, I was hyped to go into the movie, but I came out of the movie just like jumping around because I was like, that was so good and I want to watch it again. You listen, listen, I saw it a couple. Well, no, I saw it the day before it actually officially came out in theaters. Thank you to Dolby for having me for your screening in New York. Um, It was honestly one of the greatest experiences because like you do need a whole environment that's kind of willing to boom in your face. And that's what Dolby would do, but in a great way, like a good way. Um, And I knew that a Spider-Verse film was going to have to be watched on a really good screen and it's funny because the first Spider-Verse, I didn't really know about. Like, I saw the trailer and was kind of like, all right, this seems cool. And then my dad took me to it. And I was like, this is the best movie ever. So watching across the Spider-Verse was like a whole thing. So I understand your feeling of like watching it and not being able to really talk about it. Like nobody in my life had seen it yet. So I was just able to give you a ranking of like um, out of 10 Spider-Men, like how good was this movie? In case this is your first time joining us at Remote Watch, welcome. Um as you've heard us go on about it and read the title and description, we're talking across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and thank you, Dolby, for letting Julia watch it early. And I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Also, we'll go into spoilers because if it's your first time here, we always talk spoilers for the things. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, let's just jump right into it. So for those of you who don't know about the Spider-Verse films, um, it it is an animated Spider-Man series. And don't let animated turn you away from it because it's got absolutely beautiful animation. Um, but it is about a teenager. I think he's like 14, 15, right? Um, named Miles Morales. Um, he is black and Puerto Rican. Hell yeah. Um, he lives in Brooklyn and is bit by a spider that you know, is is kind of got superpowers. So then he becomes Spider-Man. But in his universe, Peter Parker dies. So Miles becomes Spider-Man himself. Um, But this is kind of the coolest Spider-Man we have because he's the one who opens the multiverse. So literally every Spider-Man you could ever know, ever see. um, Granted, that could have been the case in the first one. But in this second one, it's literally every Spider-Man you have ever seen will be in your face. Because... The last time we talked about Spider-Man and multiverses, it was Tom Holland opening up this multiverse because he couldn't call his school to ask the school to take him in. (laughs) Because he couldn't make a phone call. Yeah. And he let in two different Spider-Men. This Miles, he lets in all of the Spider-Men. Okay, no, uh, uh, actually, it's not Miles' fault. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no, I'm not blaming Miles. I like Miles, I will protect with my entire being. This boy, like y'all need to cut him some slack. He's just been like everything's just been thrown at him and he's just dealing with it one at a time. Yeah, I will definitely protect Miles with my life. Um, and I'm honestly excited because you know, this is an expansion of the Spider-Man kind of series and it really tells you that you know all the spider-men are connected all the marvel movies are connected anything that you think could be potentially connected is happening and it's probably something that multiverse of madness was trying to do and then failed at it. yeah i i completely agree the cameos that we got from multiverse of madness so if you guys forgot about it we got john krasinski as richard reed and we're supposed to be so excited about it but i remember just feeling okay this is a bit hollow you guys like yes the internet has been craving and raving that this would be a great thing but when john krasinski showed i was like oh i'm pleasantly surprised and then afterwards it just didn't matter anymore but things here matter and every cameo it ties in narratively and like Mm -hmm. It just hits much more. Like I didn't expect to see Donald Glover, but that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting that you say narratively because it's it's like you yeah you can throw in those Easter eggs and cameos and all that, but why are they important? And like across the Spider Verse means to do that purposefully. And granted, they did have about four to five years to put this film together, but it. I remember also watching the behind the scenes of Multiverse of Madness, and the writer had kind of said that like the pandemic had ruined the script and so they had to rewrite it and they had like a whole second act they didn't know what to do with and i think at some point like the writer and kevin feige were like we're just gonna start fan casting and doing the things that all the fans are predicting and it's like why did you need to do that it's also the balance of like fan service and what services the narrative like yes they were able to balance it really well in no way home with like you know oh yeah you're gonna get andrew garfield back you're gonna get toby mcguire back but um, it also has to make sense in the story sense. If you're just throwing things in hopes that they stick, chances are they don't stick and you don't get a great movie. But here they're very purposeful in like what they introduce and how they introduce it and how in by that introduction it services the story. And I'm just grateful for all the things and additions that they added to it. Yeah, like if the small example is Donald Glover, like Miles Morales was inspired by Donald Glover doing an episode of Community um, in Spider-Man pajamas. And, you know, Donald has voiced Miles. He's played Miles's uncle in, you know, the MCU. So they only took it a step further to kind of be like, well, he's his uncle. You guys think he's the prowler. And he actually is. Um, And the way they do it is just so tasteful. I'm just so happy with it i'm just in awe of like everything that this movie has done it looks beautiful as you mm-hmm. said like you watched it in dolby i didn't watch it in a dolby cinema but like it was still like very much you if you can watch it in a cinema it's still out in cinemas by the time this episode comes out anyway just go watch it it's great um like the colors are so bright everything's happening all at once like i this won't be the first time that it's gonna get a comparison from everything everywhere all at once yes but um literally it's just like back to back to back there is action there is color there is movement there is like comic book elements it's just like adhd brain is triggered and happy (laughs) it's i was gonna say that like the best way to do a multiverse movie would probably be in an animated form, but that 
really does kind of undo everything everywhere all at once because that film did not necessarily need animation the way across the spider-verse does well, but i think in order some to do... animated elements so like there okay, is no that's like, fair worlds where like uh <laughs> michelle and uh was just like animated and there are worlds where she's a rock so everything goes yeah so yeah i guess that makes sense but i feel like in terms of like making a, a comic book movie multiverse wise it's that's probably better to see um like for example spider punk is literally animated in different frame um is it frame rates yeah and he's like animated in different colors to show that he's different than the others that he doesn't conform to anything that's normal for everyone else he like it's his art style that like is so different for everyone even like for each spider-man that from each universe like they look different or even in their individual universes they look so different like Gwen's universe was my favorite to be in stylistically because of like how the colors just shift by her emotions and like if she's feeling really heavy it gets really saturated and like messy and you know when she is up to her dad and they have that moment and everything's lighter again because she feels emotionally lighter and I'm just like this is beautiful you're talking about like ADHD not being able to pay attention it's like I lost the plot like every time they had a conversation in Gwen's universe I was like colors are pretty <laughs> do you know what it reminds me of i we've talked about how much we love this trailer the jessica jones season one teaser trailer Stop. yes it does yeah and that's also very much an emotionally charged story anyway so yeah if you want a multiverse movie if you want a live action one run to everything everywhere all at once if you want an animated one please pick spider-verse i mean if you guys really don't know what a multiverse is at this point it's really kind of the fact that there are multiple universes with multiple possibilities um you know any butterfly effect you know you step on a butterfly suddenly your dad dies um it's kind of a thing um but it's it's like any minor change can make a universe very different which is kind of funny it kind of gives me hope for the world because it's like if i don't lend an opportunity you know what i landed that opportunity in another universe (laughs) So you talked a little bit about your viewing experience at Dolby. So the first time I watched Into the Spider-Verse, it was my first ever experience going to the cinema alone. And Mm. I thought like, oh, across the Spider-Verse, I should kind of do the same thing. Uh, I had a really rough week last week. So one of my friends was like, you know what? Fine, I'll come watch Spider-Verse with you. And I told her, oh, have you seen the first one? She's like, there's a first one. (gasps) And... um. We went anyway, and I told her, oh, it's multiverse stuff. She does not like everything everywhere all at once. So I was so scared that she wasn't going to like this movie. And I just dragged her to a movie because I was sad last week. But she really loved this movie because this movie isn't about the fact that their multiverses exist. Like, yes, it is like... um, that is one of the central like things that drives the plot forward but it's very much character based and character choices and what characters mm-hmm. do when like tough situations arises and how they their actions like have consequences and so on and so forth and from that alone it, she was like enjoying the movie so much and i'm just like thank god that you love the movie <laughs> yeah it's it's funny cuz i had the opposite experience so the first time i saw it i went with my dad And it actually, well, the first time I saw Into the Spider-Verse in the theaters, I saw it with my dad. And it kind of made everything even more emotionally charged because Miles and his dad have conflict in that film. And I think like his dad is like, I'm saying I love you and you don't have to say it back. Literally made me cry. Um, (laughs) But Across the Spider-Verse is very much a different experience. Like I had to go alone. 
but I feel like a lot of the times I want to share all these crazy nerdy moments with everybody. So I don't think I ever want to see a movie like this alone again. <laughs> Next time, Dolby, give us two tickets. Please. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about like the things that happen in the movie. So like, because there are multiple universes, there are multiple things that happen. And uh, let's talk a little bit about what your favorites were. So, I mean, my favorite twists and reveals are a lot, actually. Um, but I'm going to start with the fact that, you know, Miles was bit by a spider, not of his Earth. And initially, I was very confused. I don't know if you noticed this in Into the Spider-Verse. I noticed this, like, on my first viewing. There's a 42 everywhere. Yeah, it's on the spider. Like, I think Miles tries to swing for the first time. There's a four and a two next to him. Like it continues to appear. And I was like, this has to be too important for it not to just like for it to just be something in passing. It's not a throwaway because it's kind of like the way that Pixar always has a one one three on like everything mm -hmm. uh, in every single one of their movies. But for 42 to reappear and reoccur constantly it's not a coincidence at this point they want you to notice that oh and think that okay miles universe is 42 in which case it's not the bait um, and switch everybody yeah. i saw on twitter that like um someone rewatched uh into the spider verse and they noticed that the spider's glitching yeah, that was pretty obvious. It glitches yeah. every time. Like, no, we don't think about it the first time that we think we watch Into the Spider-Verse. But now we know why it's glitching. Because that spider isn't in the right universe. Why, why did that not just with <laughs> me? I always assumed the spider was glitching because he bit Miles. That's the thing. That was what we think when we were watching it for the first time for Into the Spider-Verse. But now that we understand, like the glitch we understand that miles was bitten by the wrong spider or mm -hmm. wrong universe spider that is why like oh that's why it glitched when it before it bit miles and died died that is why um miles has like a very like purple and green sort of like spidey sense mm -hmm. that is of origin of 42 rather than like a red blue color scheme that most spider people have well, no. Wait, I'm confused because a lot of people on Twitter are also throwing me off. And they're saying that, so Earth 42 Miles is now the Prowler. That was, was the coolest thing. Like, I cannot, okay. like, shut up about how <laughs> fucking, like, excited I was for that. Because, like, out when uh, Uncle Aaron was hugging Miles, I was just like, this is off. And then, like, we have, like, uh, Uncle Aaron tying him up by, like, the punching bag. Yeah, tied Miles up by the punching bag. I was just like, wait, Uncle Aaron is in Prowler. So I was just waiting for them to say the words. And I was just like, oh, my God, Miles is the Prowler. Twitter told you that, though. It's funny because, okay, so Earth 42 Miles was supposed to be Spider-Man. It was supposed to be bit by the spider that bit Miles in 1610, Earth 1610. When Miles experiences spider sense for the first time, he's green and purple. Mm -hmm. But when he senses Spider-Man, it turns red, red and blue. And blue. I'm just hyped for like prouder Miles. Like, can I go off on a ramble on this? Because like this Miles is like, you know, all of the Spider-Man, they become Spider-Man in their grief. Well, not become Spider-Man. They get bitten before they lose 
things and we'll get into it later like we will get heavy into it mm-hmm. about like uh becoming spider-man what that means and what you should or should not have lost or not lose in order to become that but like this miles 42 original miles prowler miles in his grief of losing his father captain and the <laughs> another thing that i will bring up because it has to be a captain really but go on um yeah so this smiles in the grief of losing his dad and because of that he was originally supposed to become a spider-man but he becomes prowler instead it's like dark miles i'm hyped this is like the way that mirrors work except it's like a darker mirror and i can't wait to see what's next for this and how to go on with it in the sequel i mean we'll probably jump into this a little later but a lot of earth 42 miles was very like particular so he says his name in a particular way too because he was raised more by his mom who speaks Spanish, she's going to pronounce the accent in Morales. And so like people were pointing that out and I was like, oh no way. <laughs> so there's probably going to be chances. Like there might be even be a joke that like this Miles knows more Spanish than our Miles. I love that though. It's just like, you got to be in Spanish, really? <laughs> Real Morales in this whole movie just had me like singing to the, I don't know, gods or whatever, but. Rio made me cry. Like her telling Miles after his dad grounds him, but she's like, you know what? Anything that you do, I'm proud of you. And I'm just like, I want, I like that. This made me cry. I've been having a really rough weekend. This made me cry. (laughs) I was honestly disappointed that in the first one, Rio didn't get a lot of attention. Um, And honestly, I got excited because it's like, he's black and Puerto Rican. Like I want to see his Puerto Rican mom. Like, He's here almost getting hit by a car and the first one is screams contra. And I'm like, yo, we do that too. Um, but it's it's even better to see Rio in this one because you can only see how much love she has for Miles and how she expresses it. And it may also be in like a Puerto Rican snap, but it also may be in like just th- how gentle she is with him at the same time. I hope nothing happens to her because TikTok just reminded me that she has the anime mom haircut grade and that's gonna kill me that's the thing like i was so scared that the bait and switch was gonna be oh the captain doesn't die but miles mom does and that's something that's cool about this movie is that like yes it's a part one and i forgot that it was a part one when i went into it my friend was looking at her watch and she's like I think the movie's about to end. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot it's a part one. (laughs) (laughs) I completely forgot until they hit to be continued. And the whole theater was like, huh? (laughs) What? (laughs) Who? (laughs) But the thing is, a lot of like the narrative beats were like resolved. Like, yes, we're setting up like for beyond the Spider-Verse and everything. But at the same time, a lot of like, oh, Gwen is trying to like, let go of her grief from her Peter dying and getting close with her dad and like amending that relationship. Miles trying to figure out his place in this world and his place as Spider-Man and like it's not resolving in the way that he wants but like there is a resolution there. Peter B kind of like he, he wasn't a main character here. For our main characters they have their resolution and like it's still a movie standalone that you don't because like I have a friend who never watched the first Into the Spider-Verse and she still got all of this out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, that's beautiful. I, 
I wouldn't, I mean, definitely would not say that Miles' story is resolved or oh, any no. of his senses are resolved. It's more of like, you know, like the the traditional sort of like starting point, climax, and then resolution. You kind of get that trajectory. Like mm-hmm. Miles, he ends up in a place of understanding, but it's not understanding in the way that he thinks it is. So yes, it's like, oh, it kind of makes sense to him why he's like lost all the time. Not lost per se, but more like... Feels out of place. We have a revelation for that. Yes, you're right in that his story isn't over yet. But, you know, there is we we see the reason to it. That is why I find that there is a resolution. He's he's reached his climax in some sense. Um, I kind of I hate that I put it that way. Um, but, you know... It's his not I'm gonna do my own thing line is because everybody and their mother, even since the first one, has told him where he needs to be and, you know, that he doesn't belong. And because even then he goes to a high school, he doesn't know. He feels out of place. He has to stay away from his parents, like stay on campus. Yeah, it feels different. All the spider people in the first one were like, you can't fight with us. You don't have any powers. And now we've got Miguel O'Hara. Oh, <laughs> and I'm gonna pause for a fact. I forgot that Oscar Isaac was gonna be in this. I, I I told Julia this off recording, but literally I saw the first trailer for Spider Verse across the Spider Verse, and I was like, okay, that's enough. Uh, that's enough of what I want to watch. Then the promos for Pavitra Pabakar came up, and I was just like, okay, fine, like I'll watch this one. But that's it, enough of the promotion that I want to watch. And then I know that. Oscar Isaac's gonna be in this but then I heard his voice I was like oh my god it's Oscar Isaac (laughs) I feel like hearing him in this film definitely gave me a different feeling than I did watching him in Moon Knight (laughs) like like he almost like he was made for Spider-Man 2099 as opposed to Moon Knight I don't know yeah now it's time for the discussion is Miguel O'Hara a traditional Spider-Man because no. there are a lot of things that suggest that he isn't even a spider person. Case in point, he has to inject spider venom into his veins. Yes and no. I've been told he's got organic webbing similar to Tobey Maguire. Yeah, but his webbing looks different from all the other spiders as well. Yes. Yes, it does. He's also a vampire. <laughs> And also, he doesn't have humor, which is one of the things that all spider people have. Oh, no, he does. He does. He does. <laughs> I mean, I was I was rewatching this clip where um, Miles is running from all the like the, the beginning when he starts running from all the spider people. Um, and Miguel sends out a message to all the spider people. And they're like, he's like, Miles Morales, I'm looking for Miles Morales. And everybody's like pointing at each other like, huh? No, we're oh, looking, no, for, looking Spider-Man. for Spider-Man. That's what it is. <laughs> and and Miguel's like, I call you Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> and yet that's not meant to be funny, but like any Spanish speaker can be like, oh, we can we understand his frustration. <laughs> Important question. If you knew that a loved one would have to die before you could be your true self, would you let your loved one die? No. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I do not know who I am and that's okay. Why do I have to have someone else die for me to figure that out? Well, a lot of the spider people disagree. I want to call bullshit on that because <laughs> I feel like all these Spider-Men would do all they could to make sure that they could have everything they wanted and needed or have everything they wanted. Granted, 
Tobey Maguire Spider-Man had a bunch of things happen to him. And he couldn't really do anything. Same with Andrew Garfield, which I will come back to. But I know for a fact, Tom Holland could not make a phone call. Therefore, he opened the multiverse. This man would save everybody he could. Therefore, all the Spider-Man would too. Well, Miguel disagrees because a canon event has to happen. Otherwise, it disrupts the balance. At case in point, uh, we weren't supposed to save Captain Singh. And as a result, Pavitra can't be fully Spider-Man because a canon event that was supposed to happen never happened. Miles calls this out and says, why are we like relying on an algorithm to tell us who we can and cannot be? It also goes into like a lot of like reality stuff about like how, oh my God, it's like Silicon Valley, everything, all the algorithms are controlling us in terms of like consumer (laughs) habits and everything. But like he has a point. Miles has a point. <laughs> Wait, so what happened was, is that Miguel wrote Miles's canon event on chat GPT and saw what would happen? <laughs> because it's never happened before. We've never <laughs> seen a sp- different spider bite a wrong Spider-Man. And so he's like, okay, let's just figure out an algorithm and make sure that um, Miles's dad dies and so that things can happen. Because you know for a fact that AI would point out that one word that's consistent amongst all the stories and then make sure it repeats so to it's the point like, where it sounds funny. So it's like, die, 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 die. Captain. <laughs> Captain, <laughs> Uncle Ben, um, Tony Stark. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, no, 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 no. It's like Captain, Aunt, Uncle, Mentor. Uh, like, mentor figures. Like yes. everyone who has been in your life and has like sacrifice, you have to sacrifice in order to become Spider-Man. Like it's not about the venom. It's not about the radioactive spider bite. It's about who dies. That whole that whole scene had me so frustrated because my whole thing is like all of you would have gone out of your way to try to save these people if you were given a second chance. It's like don't even. And Miles has the opportunity to stop this before it even happens. Yeah. And like we've already done it. Like. Pavitra's not like his universe hasn't imploded because Captain Singh didn't die. So mm-hmm. clearly, this is there. There is a precedent that like if the captain doesn't die, Pavitra can still be Spider Man. Everyone can still be Spider Man if you don't lose the captain. So I want to talk about my confusion with canon events first. So okay, so essentially a canon event of a Spider Man is that they get bit by a radioactive spider, they lose an aunt or uncle, and then lose a captain. Yeah, so they have to lose two people to become Spider-Man then. But why? <laughs> so, so, like, what about them is continuing to cook that is not finished until a captain dies? So Uncle Ben has Uncle Ben or Aunt May has to teach about responsibility. And then, <laughs> and then they have to learn that they're not good with responsibility, so a captain dies? And the like, captain has to die... Because you can't save everybody, and that's something you gotta go through. I don't know. Did did Toby McGuire even lose a captain? Did he even have a captain? I don't think Toby had a captain. No, it, so no. Miguel is full of shit. <laughs> Miguel's always full of shit. Like I want to talk a little bit about the concepts of like you know uh, older mentors in our lives, or like you know parental figures, mm-hmm. or like people who like impart wisdom and. I love the themes this movie explores about very much how generational trauma is the reason why Miguel is behaving the way he is towards Gwen and Miles. Because 
to Miguel, he feels like, okay, because I had to go through traumatic events. And same with Jess, same with a lot of the older spider people. And I want to pull in Peter B by extension of this a little bit because he also feels this way a little bit because he had an Uncle Ben. He lost his Uncle Ben and he had a captain, allegedly, and lost a captain, allegedly. They feel that because like I had to go through so much hardship and pain and suffering and you younger generations, you have it easier, quote unquote, easier. And why shouldn't you have to go through the same things I did in order to get to my level? And that's one of the things that we're like trying to tackle and trying to dismantle. And it's something that like, I can't believe I'm having multiple movies about multiverses that tackle generational trauma. I love it here. Generational trauma affects us in so many different ways to the point where if it changes even a little bit, that could create a multiverse. It changes you over time. And now we're just thinking about space. We went into this a little bit, but like the way that this movie goes into the themes about what is good, what who are the good guys? Because mm-hmm. when literally asks, like, I thought we were supposed to be the good guys here. Is it good to let things happen the course of events as it should be? Or is the goodness is which what Spider-Man stands for is to save as many people as you can, even if it's just one person? Spider-Man isn't somebody who conforms to things, though. Mm -hmm. He's often the one who controls the situation as best he can. And I say as best he can because he genuinely, like, a lot of things usually (laughs) don't go his way. And and you know what's funny is that a lot of people have been pulling out old Spider-Man panels and have been like, he is so relatable. Because a lot of the times he acts so human. Um, And we often think that superheroes are above everything because they've got these superpowers. And I'm like, that's that's not the case. And that's always why I've kind of loved Spider-Man. Like he's literally your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, like literally down to earth. Man can't fly. Man just swings. Like, Have I told you the story of my friend who has PS4 Spider-Man, except she's really afraid of heights? So one of the first things you have to do when you start PS4 Spider-Man is to swing from building to building. So get to point from point A to point B. She's at like the tip of point A, building A. And she sees that it's such a tall height. So she literally crawls down that building and runs to the street of point B building and climbs that building up. There is a universe where there is that (laughs) Spider-Man. There's a universe where Spider-Man does not swing. He is quite literally down to her. Speaking of like other universe Spider-Man, as the whole podcast is, oftentimes I would have the same problem, but with my mom watching me play Lego Marvel. So I love swinging at Spider-Man. Like that to me is my, like, that's my best way to get around. Like it's so much fun. And oftentimes she feels like the pit in her stomach drops as Spider-Man does. And I'm like, nah, this is the best way to get around. This is the only character I want to play. So when he shows up in Across the Spider-Verse, that was like my favorite Easter egg ever. I'm like, this makes so much sense. (laughs) And fun fact, apparently that scene was animated by a 14-year-old animator. So kudos to them. uh, All the animators in this movie just need to get all their flowers, all their praise, all their money. Like, throw them All the coin. (laughs) Seriously, animators are so underpaid and so overworked. Like... We're talking about writers needing their money. Animators also need their money. This is also creatives I, need their money. <laughs> I realize every episode of Remote Watch that we have made this season, we're just saying like, just give all the creative people the money that they deserve because everyone is underpaying them. 
Well, because it's the fact that like we watch so many creative things and you know for a fact that the wrong people are getting paid for it. So let's talk a little bit about your favorite universe that we've seen. And we talked a little bit about Gwen. Let's talk a little bit about the other ones, a.k.a. I love my boy, Pavitre Rebecca from Mumbatan. So funny. It's just like, this is where the traffic is. This is where traffic is. Everywhere is traffic. And this is where all the British people take all the things that we stole. They stole. Oh my God, that line had me die. <laughs> and I knew for a fact the Chai Tea line was going to come out. Like it yeah. just had to. Yeah. Um, I think I saw an interview with the actor who voices him. And um, they basically brought him in as a consultant into the writer's room and was like, we want you to riff off on this. And kind of go off on anything you could think of. So that's where the chai tea line came from. That's where the British stole everything came from. Because he was just speaking from experience at that point. I also really love Hobie. Hobie was set up to be the guy that we would hate. Except I came out of that movie loving him so much. He's just like, what is his line? That the promo line that we get is just like, I hate the AM, I hate the PM, I hate labels, oh, yeah, I'm a yeah, runway novel. He, <laughs> he hates everything. He is oh, totally against conformity. And honestly, I was, I forgot that Daniel Kaluuya voiced him. And I was like, how is this going to work? And it's perfect. He's got like that thick ass Londoner accent. <laughs> like Camden accent going off and going off about anarchy and fa- like again, anti-fascism. And it's like, and that's how I get all the girls. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. you do. <laughs> um, yeah, I think both both of them have been like such a, a great addition to the Spider-Verse and shows you how varying personalities like can happen in a multiverse. And yet you still get the essence of the same person. Also about how their values align. When Gwen assembles the old gang together, Peter Mm -hmm. B is there, Penny is there, and Spider-Man is there. They didn't get John Mulaney or uh, Nick Cage here, but like we see them. They feel like a sense of responsibility, which is, you know, imparted to them. With great power. And... (laughs) um, Yes, it's imparted to them, but like because they have like such like uh strong moral values that align together. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see like how Prowler Miles, like with his upbringing, does he share that sense of like there needs to be someone that's looking out for people mentality that all of the other Spider-Men have. And I'm so excited to see what's next, to be honest. Like, I literally cannot wait. Yeah, I in terms of predicting what's next, I don't know if you want to jump into that yet. I know we still wanted to talk like favorite universes. I mean, universe 40, 42, when we saw it, I was like, when the twist reveal of like Miles is in the wrong universe, I was like, so I, I, I knew it, but I didn't know it, you know, because mm-hmm. it was like he was running through the streets and no, like, we're so scared that Jess is going to get him. We're so scared that Miguel is going to get him. And then he's like, wait. They're at the apartment. Miles is at the apartment. Oh no, mm-hmm. Miles is in the wrong universe. And yep. like, that was, it's just masterful. Thank you, uh, Philip Lord and um, Chris Miller. Like, thank you for this. Lord and Miller, you guys are my favorite people. And I'm so sorry that Disney disrespected you so much for Solo, the Star Wars story. I don't want to cop out in this answer, but it kind of is. So my favorite new universe is... Lego Spider-Man just because I have like such a heart for the Lego games and the heart for like Lego Marvel that I felt like someone I got to know like not intimately but like quite literally got to play Lego Spider-Man um got a a show on the screen um 
But my favorite universe is actually still Miles's universe. Um, it's because it's your favorite New York. It is. I it's say, probably yeah. the most accurate New York I've ever freaking seen. I th- I think before that it's probably been Tobey Maguire's New York, and that like it's quite literally like places I have been, like a street I live on now is in one of the Spider Man movies, and oh, and and my job too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if if I did not say this in our other Spider Man episode, like I quite literally think I am Spider Man because I have so many connections to him. <laughs> it's just like. Have we seen Julia McCardo and Spider-Man in the same room? No. Well, there we go. Julia McCardo <laughs> could be Spider-Man. I just got to figure out how to keep all this hair under the mask. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> Or don't. Do, do it the way Pop does it. It's great. That's true. Um, but I say that because like, I love the aesthetic of, of Miles's universe. I love the way he interacts with his family. I'm going to go back to Rio's Puerto Rican snap. Cause the fact that you can see the flag when she snaps. Um, and also the fact that there are still plenty of Easter eggs in it. So I'm going to jump to something, you know, you've got to really pay attention to this, but spot, you know, our main villain has got an apartment, which we continuously go back to. And on the top of his apartment has a billboard movie sign. And that is a reference to everything, everywhere, all at once. So on the sign is a giant bagel and it goes all of it, always all over the place. And on his his building, on Uh his building, it says space for rent. It's got a number. So it's 1917, which is always a New York area code. 61, no, 1610, which is Miles' universe. 616, which is our typical Marvel universe in the comics. So it like marries everything in that one spot. And into f- a bagel. Yeah. So it's basically <laughs> like, like I just love catching everything from Miles' universe. Like even when he goes to his roommate, you can see him playing the Spider-Man video game. Spider-Man video game being in part of like Spider Society. I was just like, oh wow, I did not expect to see you here, but I should have. No, I think I just had so much fun with Gwen's universe because of the colors. Like, I'm pretty sure there's going to be an art book. I'm going to get the art book. It's just a great time to see all the Spider-Men and all of their styles just mesh together. It's like a high school art project that I want to be a part of. Because it's just like people, everyone has their own stylistic experience that they're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And like everyone has their own like comedy, like literally the entire, like all of the scenes inside like Spider Society and like everything that they're doing. I just like, it's just hilarious. It's just like, oh, we're looking for Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to meet Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> um, that bit where Spidey is like, one one swip there. Oh, one when he's trying to pull, he's trying everything. To pull everything yeah, together, yeah. and then Miles is like running across the thing. And all <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Um, I just, uh, I you know what I realized? Mm. We've been going on about this movie for so much. We didn't even talk about the main villain that we kept kept underestimating every turn spot until you brought him up. Like literally, we I was so prepared for him to be villain of the week, and then. The whole movie happened, and I'm like, yeah. "Wow, he's a bigger deal than we like all thought." Even the they characters. S- in no, there. no, no. See, see, they spent too much time with him in the beginning, so there had to be a sign that like he was going to be more than just a villain of the week. But 
I think his origins are just so funny. He's the guy with the bagel. <laughs> it's fun because like it's such a scene that you remember it. It's it's so funny. The amount of things that they planted in Into the Spider-Verse that feels so like unconsequential that have so many big things in this. Oh my God. It's genius level, like build up, set off and pay off. It's like it's drilled itself into your brain and then you're only able to access it when you need it to. And that's when you watch the sequels. <laughs> I love it though. Like, I think this is so well done. I thought it was going to be like, oh, I'll feel the same things that I felt in the first Spider-Verse. I'll feel like very invigorated by like and inspired by Miles because that was very much the mood that I came out from watching the first Mm -hmm. Into the Spider-Verse. And like, I still watch that movie time to time when I need to pick me up. And I rewatch scenes when I need a little bit of courage. And when I I say like minor things that like drill into your brain, it's like, it's the 42. It's the 42 that's there the whole time. It's the bagel. So in the first one, Peter B. Parker can like make steps as to how to infiltrate, is it Alchemex or Oscorp? I can't remember. I believe it's Alchemax. Alchemax. It's always Alchemax. Yeah. Um, and so he creates steps. And one of the steps is to grab a bagel. <laughs> but of course, when Miles and Peter B. Parker need to run away from Doc Ock, um, Peter B. Parker grabs a bagel. Somehow Miles ends up with it and then just throws it. And it hits a scientist and right next to his head goes, bagel, bagel exclamation point. And you're like, oh, this is just one of the little like fun, fun tid- yeah, the little tidbits of, you know, um, of Spider-Verse of like things you should, you things you hear, you see the onomatopoeia. Oh my God, the English major in me. Come back later. I was so happy when I came out of this one, but also at the same time, I don't think I can fully be a person until March 2024. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I also need to watch this movie again. Like it's there. I'm sure there are things that I missed the first time. Because of that ADHD going, going like, Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg. <laughs> um, I mean, the fact that, like, all great multiverse movies need a bagel. And I think that was the fault of Multiverse of Madness. There was no bagels. There was no bagel in Multiverse of Madness. They had pizza balls. Listen, no, no. <laughs> they had the thing that filled the hole. You know what else had a bagel type thing? No Way Home. You know why? Because Michelle Jones worked in a donut shop that's not a bagel it's still a round hole thing (laughs) a pastry that's doughy and here is where we're trying to connect all of the spider things together the way that this movie has i am making as many leaps and bounds as spider-man makes right now this movie's filled my heart and also left me so empty at the same time because yes miles is growing up and in growing up he finds out that he's on his own and it's it can be really alienating and because in the first one it was very much you know you can't there are people behind you going through the same things as you and you can if they can do it you can do it too but here it's very much like you don't even you weren't even supposed to be the way that you are and Obviously, that's devastating to hear. Watching him go through that and sort of realize that, no, I am what I make of this life and I will save my father. I will uh, still be Spider-Man. And yes, it can come across to the older versions of Spider-Man as like you're having your cake and eat it too. But this guy's going to get two cakes. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think that way you can see 
that Miles does not fit the canon events because there is a universe where Miles never became Spider-Man. So that's that's going to be interesting to see in the the in the third film. I was trying to figure out if there was a word for a third film like sequel or prequel. Um <laughs> it's a trilogy. It's a, it's a trilogy. Spy- yeah. I just want to see like those two Miles talk to each other because I think yeah, I mean, this is all of us really. Like if you met another version of yourself, you'd want to like know more. That's true. But my Doctor Who raised brain saw the two of them together and was like, this is a paradox. Can we not do this anymore? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't care. I love this. <laughs> maybe maybe a paradox is just what we need to fix the multiverse, honestly. Well, or it could like just blow everything up and implode so that they don't have to deal anymore, a la Doctor Strange style. That sounds like the best way to do things. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if, like, in the next film, like, Miles will swap places with his Miles. For sure. I feel like this movie will do it in the way that, like, but twist it, you know? It's always, like, the bait and switch. Like, I thought this movie was going to be this, but turns mm-hmm. out it differently. So, yes, when I came out of the movie, I was just like, that Miles is going to want to replace our Miles <gasps> so that he could see his dad. But I feel like the movie's going to, like, trick me, you know? I just had an epiphany. What? Miles 42 doesn't have a dad. Chat GPT showed our Miles. Earth 42's dad's death. Our Miles, Earth 1610, his dad is not going to die. Okay. What we saw was Earth 42's dad die. Yeah. But, you know, the but thing Miguel is. Miguel played it as Miles' dad, our Miles, is dying. So, because Miguel thinks that our Miles is. Hmm. No, hmm? I get that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Miguel's nose is the wrong spider the whole time. And so he's going by the algorithms from that spider rather than Yes, but the Miles. system couldn't even register that Miles was from 1610. Yeah. The Shit. system registered that he was from 42. Um, but that is my epiphany prediction is that Miguel is just going off based on Earth 42's Miles' life and not our Miles. So... I think I just want to see how interesting everything's going to be because our Miles lost Uncle Aaron and it hit hard for him. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing that our Miles already experienced loss. He had to sacrifice his, like Uncle Aaron. Um, we but- trying to turn him into Andrew Garfield where he loses a captain Everybody. and a girlfriend. So, oh my God, he's but he can't lose a girlfriend because his girlfriend is Gwen Stacy who can handle herself now. This Gwen's a badass. That's that's also a cute thing. She's like, oh my God, you make drawings of me, girl. You're breaking rules to go see him. You guys have a crush <laughs> on each other. Stop playing. Um, yeah, I am really excited to see. Like, yes, you're scared of the paradoxes, but. This Miles just got to see his uncle again. And that Miles is like clinging on to hope that he could see his dad again. And that's, they're just going to be jealous of each other. And that's just interesting to me. I love when the mirror, like the mirror hurts. So yeah. What are your takeaways from this movie? Um, It is absolutely amazing. I need to see it again. Um, And I don't think that my review of it will change. Um, The initial rating I gave it out of 10 Spider-Men was 250 plus, because that's actually the amount of Spider-Men that are in this film. Um, But it's actually like 10 million out of 10 because this movie is just out of the ballpark. And it's the it's the fact that the sequel is doing better than the the first one. No, that's the Um, thing, because like 
the first Into the Spider-Verse was such like a slow burner, like literally word of mouth just blew it up and then it won an Oscar. And then like everyone talks about it now. And then this one is just like building off that momentum. And I love that for this movie. Like when Into the Spider-Verse came out, I wasn't even planning plan to watch it because I was like, oh, animated Spider-Man. What have I, what thing new are you going to bring to the table? And they brought so much to the table. I had a feast and now I'm having itis. <laughs> As a like a Spider-Man comic book nerd, what's great is that like every time people are like, what's the best Spider-Man movie? They always think like between Toby, Andrew and Tom. And then people are like, but wait, there's Spider-Verse. Spider-verse. And that you one can't ever everybody. let that yeah. one go. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of like it's a reminder that, you know, other Spider-Man out there exist and we should give them their due. And Miles Morales is the perfect gateway to do that. Miles Morales is the best Spider-Man. Miles Morales is the best Spider-Man <laughs> for probably the same reason that jamie fox did in no way home <laughs> she's like oh i always thought that you were black <laughs> yes in in that like we do get representation to me miles is more new yorker than peter is um because miles does live in a diverse world also because we've had like two spider-men played by brits and you're getting annoyed by that <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah Miles Morales is the best Spider-Man for a New Yorker, for a nerd anyway, because, you know, it's just like... It has the melting pot of New York in him. Yes! And if you don't represent New York in a colorful way, then why are you here? I am talking to you, Multiverse of Madness. So for me, I love this movie as well. Um, I didn't rate how many spiders, because I didn't know how many spiders there were. Um, I want to say this might, like hit better than the first movie but i feel like i probably can't like rate this independently without seeing the sec like the third movie do you know what i mean a little bit but at the same time i still feel like it stands alone pretty well on itself mm-hmm. like it's w- just a really good sequel like it's one of the best sequels i've ever seen like my favorite ever sequel movie has always been like hunger games catching fire but my this is gonna be my new favorite ever sequel Oh, true. you have better standards than I do because my favorite sequel has always been Shrek 2. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shrek 2 is up there. Shrek 2 is on a different level. That's why I don't it think of it. It should be. But yeah, in the talks of like so many multiverses. So here's some cheese for you. There are probably multiverses where Julia and I never went to UEA together. And for those multiverses, I feel so sorry for them. However, in the universes that we are in that we're best friends i love that for us and i love that in this universe you're my best friend and we get to do this together now it's making me think of all the things that could have possibly gotten in the way of this um, i know because down like, to even like not even being roomed together like i it's know just... literally it's so much like chance and there is like the possibility of this like what if i didn't go to uni that year what if like i went to uni elsewhere but chances happen and like this is one of the best things that's ever happened but that go that just goes to show the amount of intricacies that you know make multiverses and honestly i kind of hope that we continue to get multiverse movies but i hope we also don't get multiverse fatigue so let's let's be extra careful with those moving forward (laughs) um so yeah uh we're coming towards the end julia what have you been watching lately so I have been slacking, but because of Across the Spider-Verse, I went back to rewatch uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which reminded me of so much, which like all these little intricacies the I've been so excited about. 
Um, I also rewatched the original Little Mermaid because I watched the recent live action one. Um, and it's kind of just been animation week, I guess. And I finally, I now have a PlayStation. And Spider-Man Miles Morales was on sale. So I will tell you how playing him will go. So (laughs) in this universe, in Julia's universe of Miles Morales, this guy is probably going to run into a lot of things. Listen, this Miles Morales will swing. Will he swing accurately? No. (laughs) He's going to hit buildings in the face. He's going (laughs) to... He's going to flip the wrong thing and drag the wrong thing. I'm already doing that at Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, man. So what are you watching? Succession hives over, my friends. Uh, Damn. Do you know what happens? Yes. My roommate <laughs> went into like deep detail as to who wins. Do you know who Tom is? I think I yes. have ranted to you how much... You have ranted about who Tom is. Tom is. And I'm actually... I don't know how I feel about Tom winning. Like, I mean, no one wins in this situation because it's just generational trauma cycles happening again and again. Like, again, like yeah. all the shows. But um, but yeah, Tom won. And I'm ca- low-key, though. I'm kind of happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, I've also been scrolling a lot of TikTok where, you know, those like accounts that just like cuts chunks of a show and put, uploads it on their Stop, account. I was doing that with the good doctor. <laughs> I just been watching Desperate Housewives. <laughs> but through TikTok, I want to know like why people are making pages like this and we could just like go to the streaming service and watch it. Because it's different when you put a show next to like kinetic sand, but then the way that they're cutting the kinetic sand, or like the way oh that they're God. making bracelets. All right, all right, Kelly, you are overstimulated right now. Tell our listeners where you can find us. All right, well, we don't have a TikTok yet. Maybe one day. Uh, You'll we hear do- us next to kinetic sand. <laughs> Listen, I might do it. You don't know that. Um, you can follow us on at remote watch on Twitter. Follow us on at remote underscore watch on Instagram. Find us on our website, remotewatchpod.com. Our personal panels are also on the website or like tagged on our Twitters and Instagrams. We're on the internet, so find us. Um, next time we'll be talking, we'll be talking less spiders and more something else well we have been trying to make it a goal to have less superhero stuff this season so come back to us um we won't be talking about anybody with superpowers but hopefully it's about characters who are just as strong and with that we'll see you next time goodbye bye remote watch out